I thank you that you came in. I thank you that you moved. I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you that your love is here, God. I thank you that your mercy and your grace is abiding around us, God. Lord, I want to spend a, send a special thanks to you, God, for redeeming a soul tonight, Lord. A soul that was crying out, God, waiting for you to hear your voice, Lord. And we thank you that your word says that Jesus said that he has not lost any that you have given him. And we thank you that you received a soul, you received a person tonight, Lord, and that you will not lose them, God. I also thank you for the healings that took place, Lord. And I ask you that right now you fill me with your Holy Spirit. You allow yourself to teach through me, God. And I ask that this service, this teaching, this sermon, whatever you would call it, Lord, be yours. For your glory and for your people. I thank you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm over it. Oh, guess that's it. My prayer did it, right? We can go home. It won't be long, man. You can't really do much after God comes in and steps his game up, right? Or we get to where he's at. I want to talk about tonight, uh, how many people know that God has an army? Right? God has an army, right? That's us. <laughs> um, but for an army to be effective, leaders have to be in place. You know that, right? That's what this ministry is about, getting people in place, getting the leaders in place, um, maturing the saints so that when God sends forth his army, out we're not getting whipped up. Okay, so if I was to call this message anything, it would be the call to arms or a call to arms. And the next generation must come forth. You know, we already have our generals of this ministry coming forth. We have a leader that's in place now and there's other generals being groomed or other leaders being groomed. But God is asking for the next generation to come and be groomed. To come and take that place so that there's no gap in time for when the next set goes out. This process. <laughs> this is a process. But it's worth it. Um, the last year and a half of my life is a testimony of God's goodness, um, God's mercy, God's love, uh, because God truly changed me from the inside out. So much going on in his head, so much pride, so much jealousy, so much anger, so much stuff that you don't even know that you have until you come into the place where the presence of the Lord abides. Because when God's here, there can be no flesh. And then that thing starts to rise up and you don't even, even understand why you're going through some of the things that you're going through. But just hold on. Don't move. Or in a sense, don't leave. Um, because it's for a greater glory, you know. So this year, 2015, man, this has been a blast. Um, because 2014 was a shaking. And uh, my life was drastically changed and I lost a lot of stuff. But they had no value. God wanted to be, have a place in my life that he can be above on every area. He had to reign in every area. If you're called to lead this charge, to go out and change the world, God has to be first. That's just the bottom line. 
<laughs> All right. Todd, could you give me Philippians 1.6? Uh, the very beginning of the year, I guess it was New Year's, my brother Javon sent me this text. And all it said was Philippians 1.6. <laughs> it says, being confident of this very thing, that who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That sent a lot of joy in my heart because, uh, like I said, it's a process, man. It's very difficult to uh, hang on especially when you're seeing the drastic onslaught of the enemy in your life. And all you want to do is say, God, I had much more fun or much more enjoyment in the old way or the old man. But that's not true. We were just putting up a facade to fill the void on the inside that only God could fill. So it says, being confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. We can't do it, folks. We can walk out the process. We can move, um, but the Lord's going to do it. All right. As you saw tonight, the Lord, which is so beautiful, is because um, before we even come into the process, and you see this chart here has the process. And then you have uh, the world and then you have your soul. And what you can't see back here is the spirit is not like joined and it's not even there. And that's this lost man right here. This man is wandering around. This is the beginning of the process. God is calling you like, you know, maybe a circumstance has come that you can't help yourself with. Um, maybe you've experienced the death in your, in your life and you're just like, well, there has to be a God. There has to be somebody that loves me because I can't deal with this. Um, and what you saw tonight was someone get born again and get the spirit of God regenerated to them. That's the start of the process. That's the start. Because once we're called, it's like, all right, time to get it moving. And what we don't want to do, we don't want to waste time with God. We need to go right to it. And for me, I was 14 when I gave my life to Christ, and uh, I did very good for about a year, and then that temptation came. I don't know. How many of y'all been in high school before? <laughs> All right. It's just about everybody, right? There's a lot of uh, challenges and um, pressures, and if you haven't been built up in the word, and if you don't have the spiritual leaders in place, W. Groom, you'll fall into that temptation. I won't really go into all of that, but you know what happens, man? You get swayed off, and it took me 10 years to come back to God. And it had to come by a circumstance, even though he was calling me gently along the way. Come back. Come back. This is it. You know, I used to write in my journal, get closer to God for 2011 or something like that, you know? <laughs> like my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'll do two days. You know, you have to honor God in everything. <laughs> That's what would happen. Um, but once you accept them, change can happen immediately. Change can happen. And um, what's important is that we have to understand when change happens, it's not because we're being punished. We're not. He's removing everything that is in the way of love so that he can come and he can be not only your savior, but your Lord. All right. Todd, can you give me 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29? For you see your calling. How many know they're calling? I will say this. As believers in the body of Christ, you must know what you're called to do. If you don't, you will be floundering. And then you'll latch on to things that you shouldn't latch on to. It allows you to actually be focused and keep your, uh, your mind and your eyes on the prize. But it says, for you see, you know your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, 
Not many white, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. I'll stop there real quick. So you're being changed and all this stuff is going on in your life. And every person is saying, what have you done to have this going? Like, uh, it's crazy. Quick testimony. Uh, 23, 22 years old. I was in a high place of success. I was uh, grossing about $120,000 a year. Um, never seen that amount of money in my life. Uh, checks were just coming in. And um, as I started this process, I literally saw everything dwindle. And the first thing the outside world would think is that you have done something wrong. And I wouldn't say, okay, I will say it. Earning money was my God because I never honored God in it. I could go to work. I'll put in, how many times have y'all put in 15, 16 hours in one day, but you won't spend an hour in worship? That's crazy to me. And the moment you want to get in worship, you sleepy. You just want to go right to sleep. <laughs> but you'll get up to go to work and make that check. Um, but it's foolish. So <laughs> to the seeing eyes, <laughs> the natural eye, uh, you foolish. And the Lord is saying that uh, here, people won't really understand. They would say, you need to go back, try to get your job back, do all these different things. And God has not called you to that. You know, when God calls you, nothing can stop that call. Nothing. So it's interesting because he said he has chosen the foolish things of the world. Now, you go from making $120,000 to go on making $120. <laughs> that thing foolish, right? Uh, so <laughs> that's how we do. But it's good because I'm in a place of peace because I know God will provide. All right. Let's move on. Man, God is so good. It blows my mind because um, we're, we're groomed growing up. We're groomed. We're groomed, you know, by whether it's your family, whether it's your classmates or people you encounter. Uh, but God loves you so much, he protects you. And a lot of times, we don't feel like we've been protected. We've been uh, abused. Um, we've been hurt. And... Satan used that to say, there is no God. And you'll grow up with a bitterness in that same place of eternity where God's called himself to be. And then you'll always have a hard time accepting Jesus. Because if there was a Jesus, he would have not allowed me to go through that. But God is so good that he will, he will hold on to you. How many times have we bashed the Lord? If you are here, do something. And we do that when we even mature. Because there's an onslaught that comes. But that's why the leaders got to get in place. That's why the generals got to get in place, man. Because if not, the body of Christ will never advance. They'll stay behind the battle lines. They'll never go forward. They'll never do what they're called to do. All right. I have one here that says, Grace establishes us in his kingdom, not our works. So again, I can't even work to make the money back. There was no grace on it. Everything I put my hand to, God would say, I'm calling you right now to seek me before all of the things, before all of the things. And then he'll provide. He'll sustain you. Should we want to go from making $20,000 to $50,000 to $120,000 to 
to $500,000. We can't even manage $100. The moment we get it, we spend it. But if you got the wisdom of God, you know exactly what to do. And that's what comes in, it's maturity. It's maturity. That's why he is bringing us to a place now as leaders, as the body of Christ, to where we can obtain wealth and establish his covenant and not our own kingdom. All right. Uh, Todd, can you give me John 5.30? I can, uh, I can of myself do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but of the will of the Father who sent me. When we come into this change, we, we learn that we can do nothing. We cannot, if you truly are surrendering, you can't do anything. You really have to submit everything to God. And then he says, as I hear, I judge. Those are those thoughts. So as we're walking out this process, God is saying, as I hear God speak, the Father, and as I hear possibly Satan speak, or maybe sometimes I hear myself speak, I judge. And that's how we take those thoughts captive. And then he says his judgment is righteous. The reason his judgment is righteous is because he doesn't seek his own will. He gave up his life when he came to earth immediately. He said, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. The Father has called me to do. You know, we, you know, we can have uh, righteous judgment if we've given up and we surrender to his will. And as we judge, I'm not saying judging other people, but as we judge the circumstances, those thoughts, all those things that are consuming us or that are around us, we can judge and see what is God and what is not a God. And righteousness will let you know that's right standing with the Lord. What is right? What is not of him? All right. So can I get another water bottle? Earlier I had six come out of nowhere. <laughs> no, the one right there at the top, that's me right there. Um, how many of you know you have gifts that God gave you at birth? Not just the office-appointed gifts, but other gifts, other callings. Um, like we would say the gift of mercy or some, you know, any gift, maybe the gift to you know, do a business. Any of that stuff. God gives you those gifts at birth. Um, but what are we using those gifts for before we come into God? Are we establishing our own kingdom? Are we just working and moving in a place where we don't really know what we're doing? We're just aimlessly working? Or are we truly honoring God? And I'll say nine times out of ten, I even say ten times out of ten, before you come into the kingdom, you're not honoring God. You may say you're honoring God, but you're really not. Um, Todd, give me Ezekiel 16, 17. This is what we do when we have a gift and we don't honor God. It said, you have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver, which I, had, which I had given you. And you have made for yourself male images and played the harlot with them. You're prostituting the gifts that the Lord gave you. But you're seeing advancement because the, Lord, the, the world wants what you have. Especially they see it on you. And they're crying out for what you have but they're allowing you to be prostituted through it and the gift that God gave you. But go to Peter, uh, 1 Peter 4.10. Todd's not playing. He is a prophet. <laughs> it says, as, of each of, <laughs> as each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious Divine endowment. That means God gave it to you. You ain't had to work at it. Employ it for one another as benefits. 
good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by a merited favor. You see, it says, uh, employ it for one another. When we have a gift, it's not for us. It's for another person. That's how you honor God. God really doesn't need you to work for him. He can cause stones to be the offspring and to cry out. He doesn't need us. But if he, given you, if, he, if, he, if he has given you a gift, it is for one another, those that are in Christ and those that are not in Christ. But for those that are not in Christ, it's to bring them into sonship. All right. Progression. And I'm moving along pretty quick, man. That's pretty sweet because uh, this took me a couple days. And um, I tell you, you want to labor, and God said, I gave it to you already. Why do we want to labor for the Lord? It's, it's, it's just receive. I want to talk about progression. This is my personality. I want to work that thing. I went so hard in the Lord that I just, I literally, I was, I was night and day. You guys told me, I was. One day I'm talking foolishness, death, lies, and next day I'm talking life, peace, and joy. It was like overnight. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And uh, you can be annoying being a, a sounding gong that ain't got love operating behind it. Um, <laughs> I love it. But we talk about death to the flesh all the time. We talk about crucifying flesh. You got to die to yourself. And the Lord kind of was ministering to me because over this past two years, I'm just now figuring out what grace really is, y'all. That's the truth. Because uh, we, we can grab the word of God and try to work it before God. We can try to put that thing to the test. We do all this different type of stuff. But you know what you're doing? You're literally killing yourself. <laughs> Your flesh is not ready to die in that area. And you keep working it. You keep working it. And you just stab you Because it says, I'm going to get there. But I'm telling you, God was like... Chris, because I go hard. I like I have a I have a uh, an extreme person. I'm like, I can be right here. So when I find something I latch onto it, I really want to do it. <laughs> and what I was doing was I was inflicting more pain than I needed to inflict. We were supposed to allow the word of God to work itself for us. And we trust the word. We don't move in the word. We allow the word to do what it needs to do. All right, so I say crucifying the flesh, the sinful nature, can be a difficult part of the process. And I say we keep hearing about killing the flesh. Um, and I say, look, we can't do this for ourselves. I really I don't know if I should say that would be spiritual suicide. But there are some areas in your life where God has not called you to move just yet. He may be working something right here. And you're inflicting the pain in the area that doesn't need to be fixed. Or excuse me, that doesn't need to be inflicted. And look at this. It says Christ allowed himself to be crucified. We know that Christ could have called the angels down and said, all right, abort mission. Sorry, um, but he didn't. He laid his life down. So that's what we're supposed to do. We use the word to lay ourselves down. We don't use the word to crucify ourselves. We don't hang ourselves on the cross. Jesus, the word would do it for us. And then he'll make it painless or not have as much pain. Because when sin leaves the body, there is pain. It hurts. All right. And I have the word will do the work. Can you give me Hebrews 4.12? This is Lee's scripture right here. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul 
and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When that word goes forth, whether it be a word of knowledge, whether the word illuminates off the page at you or a, a prophecy, it's going to split two areas in your life, your soul and your spirit. And it's going to let you know what is of God and what is not of God. And then as it goes through this process here in the soul, leaving the spirit, God will unveil things to you just by hanging on the word, not working the word. This is the word God gave me. This is the word God gave me. And I'm putting it to use for my own gain because I want to accelerate in this process. But God is saying, just use the word. Allow the word to change you. And it will just reveal everything you need to reveal. And it's funny how sharp a two-edged sword is because when that word comes, it hurts, especially if you weren't ready to receive what it was. But God's not messing around anymore. He's literally getting his army, his generals, his leaders in place because this thing is wrapping up, folks. You see what's going on in the outside. So God's not messing around. He's never messing around. We just got to get on board with him. And it says, give me one John 3.16, please. It says, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The word in this process will bring you to a place where you're willing to lay down anything. Even willing to lay down your promises that God gave you. Uh, the gifts God's given you. Uh, the people that God has given you. Um, and when that word goes forth, uh, we come to a place of humbleness. And we're truly willing and able to accept God's will in our life and not fight against him. All right, this is good because as we go through this process, we have awesome leaders here. It's awesome. Um, and sometimes we'll lean heavily on man. And um, that's not good. God didn't call us to lean on man. He's called us to lean on him. Jeremiah 17, <laughs> see, thus says the Lord, Todd. That's how Todd going to come forth. He's going to say, thus saith the Lord. He's going to speak in old English. <laughs> uh, cursed is the man who trusts, excuse me, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. How many times do we do that? We're so ready for a word from, from, from God, from a person. Somebody confirm what I just heard. Somebody confirm it. Then you don't get it. And then you start leaning in your own flesh. Well, this is how I'm feeling today, so I'm going to go over here. That's death. Who heart departs from the Lord, for he should be like a shrub in the desert. Nothing is prospering in your life. Nothing's prospering in your soul. And he shall see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places of the wilderness and the salt land, which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. What the, the testimony I shared earlier, don't get me wrong, I've been one of the witness from, you know, my mentors. But I got to the place where I said, God, you have to confirm this. You have to confirm this. And that will move you out of place of uh, man-pleasing. Because when God says it, no man can shake that. So when he confirmed it that night for me, uh, there was a clogging that lifted in my life and my soul. I could hear clearly from the Lord in other areas of my life, not just that one area, other areas. And with that clogging, 
<laughs> I was thrusted into the bosom of God. And um, it's beautiful because we, a lot of times, we want to work praise. We want to work worship. But God wants to get you there. He wants to push you there. And I didn't have to do anything. The moment the word came forth, I, I went to a place I've never been before. Um, and my soul was at such peace uh, that words couldn't come out. I couldn't even speak. Um, and it was funny because I like to talk. I would have been the first person that would have went out and just told the whole world. But I was like in awe. I was arrested. I couldn't, nothing could come out. I couldn't even articulate what was just done in my life. Because he moved not in a certain area of my life. He unlocked another scroll of my destiny. He spoke about my wife, my kids, and my home. In one word. That is a scroll being unlocked in the next level. Sometimes we can't move anywhere because we haven't got that next scroll. And we're still working the old scroll. They all come together. But to get advanced, you have to know certain pieces. You have to know certain areas of your life to move forward. Man, God is good. All right. Again, Zechariah 4, 6, don't put it up, Todd. It says, not by might, nor by power. <laughs> okay, so, so he answered and said to me, this is the word for the Lord to Zerubbabel. <laughs> not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Man, as this, this next generation comes up, we have an eager generation. We have a, uh, a very pressing generation. We have to understand that God's going to do it. There's nothing that we can do except obey. Seek him and obey to accelerate, to decelerate, to move or any of that stuff. God literally says, I'm going to do it by his spirit. We have to follow the spirit. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's freedom. I'm learning that. We've been in so much control of our life, our entire life. That the moment we come to the God that wants to have complete reign to bless you, not to control you like a puppet, that we don't know what to do. And then we don't see things changing in our life quick enough. And we're starting to say, OK, well, maybe God doesn't exist. Maybe I got to deal with this on my own. But that's not the truth. Who is speaking? God is doing so many things in different areas of your life that we can't even fathom. I have been protected over the last two years. I have been protected. Uh, because... God has allowed me to get in such a secret place with him that nothing can touch me. Literally nothing in the outside. And I'll just speak in the mili- about the military. I was getting hounded. I was getting hounded. I was getting hounded. Um, and like I said, man, the, the, the decline came in finance and I couldn't drive to D.C. I just couldn't. I couldn't drive 800 miles away. And I, I came. I was like, hey, look, this is, you know, maybe I need to switch units. And they weren't hearing that. I said, Lord, if you want me to go there, I know you provide. But if you don't, you'll provide. Um, and literally, I got put on a, a block of leave, which is unheard for an officer in the guard, in order for me to get whatever God needed to do in my life straight. And what's happened is they've put me in a place where I will ride out the rest of my time until I don't have any more time left in the Army. I have been protected, protected. And it's not that I didn't want to be in the Army. It's just not what I'm called to do anymore. There are certain areas in your life where God has called you to for an advancement or for a growth. It was leadership being built in me, but not to run man's army, to run God's army. Yes. And what, 
All right. All right, the spirit thing works, huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. That came right from God. That is not my nose. Um, but I've been protected, man. Uh, I have many people that love me, many people that care about me, and they do not understand this process. It says we perish for lack of knowledge, man. You can really hinder what God is doing in somebody's life if you speak and you have a level of influence in their life um, and, it's, and it's contrary to the word or whatever God's doing in their life, especially the way I hold some of these people in my life. And I really had to retract myself because God wanted me so bad. He wanted me so bad that he created a bubble around me to where I couldn't feel some of the opposition that I had. And these are people that I truly love. But God loves me more because he sent his son. His best. Think about it like this. God sent Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was God's best. And we asked for provision. We asked for this debt to be let go. We asked for this house. We asked for this. We asked for that. And God already gave his best. But check this out. If he gave his best, why don't he mind? He wouldn't mind giving you all the other things you asked for. And we barely have a hard time having faith to get the thing that's lower than what he already gave. We can't receive. We don't. We can't, you know, truly in the soul, we feel that we're not worthy, but we're made worthy through Jesus because he is the son and he makes us the sons. You know what I'm saying? So God to take us to a place where we're just receiving and there's no condemnation. Satan wants to throw condemnation on you when you receive from God because he's saying you can't do this. You can't have this. Look at your life. I am a true testimony. Because no matter how much of those things fell behind me, I have, the Lord has upheld my spirit. Upheld my spirit. Because I know there is a greater good in this. And I won't move from that. I will not move from that um, because of what God has shown me about my life. And it is for this next generation. It is to go forth before the people and proclaim the good news in a way that they've never heard before. Because the world sees God as a God of wrath, a God of anger, God that does not show up when times that he needs to show up. And that is a lie. We don't understand who God is. We don't. We can't understand who God is until we get in his word. And then when that word is revealed to us, we can't expound on that word until we get into worship. Because I'm telling you, when you get to the heavenlies, when you go to a place in God, to where God can speak to you about something that's so simple in the word, but change your entire life. You're breaking barriers in the spirit. And he's building you. He's building you. He's building you. I've been built because everything in the flesh has died that was in my life around me. It was sometimes I felt all I had was worship. Literally. I would carry my iPod around and I would listen to music all day. There's nothing else going on in my life. And this is all I have to hang on to. And I got thrusted into a new level with God. And then nothing literally could touch me on the outside. I got, I was like, uh, you know, you have roller coasters that go up and then they swing all over the place. I went so high and then the roller coaster just went like this. It was like three months I was riding. I couldn't even understand it. I was like, I had so much peace. Lord was preparing me for that next trial <laughs> to remember that peace. Because when that next trial came, but maturity is so important. You got to get around the people that you're called to. And listen, and listen, and take in and receive. Because those words, man, are so powerful. 
Where are we? All right, I have here, stay in relationship and not in routine. How many times can we get in a routine of worship, praise, prayer? We're conforming and we're not being transformed. Oh, I got to get up at 4 a.m., worship God. Your heart's not in it. You're now you're operating in a task for God. You're working for God. You're not working in his grace. Give me Hosea. I'm just, I'm just going to look at the screen. For I desire and I delight in dutiful, steadfast love and of goodness, not sacrifice and the knowledge of and acquaintance with God more than burnt offerings. Sometimes we do have offerings, which is getting up early. That is that sacrifice, getting up early and praising the Lord. Heart's not in it. It's not in it. And it says, for I desire and I delight in dutiful, steadfast love and goodness. That's God. That's God. And then it says, and the knowledge of an acquaintance with God. That's in his presence. If we can get there, he'll take you to a place of highness, a holy highness, a holy drunkness. Now, I like to call it a Holy Spirit hangover after you come out. This is what he wants. He doesn't want us to work it. There's grace. And it says it's more than enough for all of us to receive whatever the gifts, whatever the callings, whatever the promises that God has for us. All right. I have grace establishes us in God's kingdom. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we had animosity with God at one point in our life before he became our Lord. Through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It was a, a point in my life. God truly was calling me to grace. I had worked it. And, you know, God protects us because that was the experience I had to have. I got in a routine from how the old man used to be. You work. You work for your success. You work for these advancements. You work for all these things. That's the old way of thinking. I'm not saying you don't do work in God, but we labor in his presence. We don't have to labor in the flesh. And um, he, was, he kept talking to me about grace. I'm like, God, I don't understand what this grace thing is all about. Because, you know, I know I can't just sit still, but I know I can just sit still. And this is what he gave me. And know my personality. I want to get it right. I do. I have a heart for God. I have a heart for righteousness, too. I have a heart for just the right things in, in life. And this is in uh, Kingdom Dynamics and the Spirit-Filled Bible. It says, growing and knowing, the dynamic of God's grace speak these truths. One, that God has been reconciled. God has been reconciled to the world through Christ's sacrifice. Two, the unmerited favor, the unconditional acceptance that we receive from God. These are the truths that... Uh, person is speaking. And three, an empowerment for a task. This is God's grace. Taken together, these truths bring believers into a place of genuine freedom. All right, now I'm highlighting and I'm underlining. It says, where we are free to obey God, not, because, not to obtain favor, but because he has already given us, given us his favor. With his unconditional acceptance given us because of what Christ has done, we are freed 
from the need to monitor our behavior. How many times do we monitor what we're doing? Am I getting it right? Am I really getting it right? Am I really getting it right? Am I just all the way left side and nothing? Because you know, sometimes nothing changes in your life. And now you start to question if you're doing the right thing. And now, here we go. Monitor our behavior and loose into the joy of knowing his friendship. He just wants to be our friend. Focusing primarily on our righteousness only diverts our attention from his loveliness, which ultimately arose our dependence on him to produce in us the beauty of his character. Grace underscores the generosity of God's love, highlighting the truth that God does not coerce change but by threatening us, but instead he conquers us by lavishing his love upon us. His grace frees us from wearing self-generated endeavors and releases us to allow his Holy Spirit within us to will and to do his good pleasure. Isn't that beautiful? See, we don't got it. We don't even have a grip on grace. We're so, we're so concerned about getting it right, working for it. And God already gave it to us freely. I want to mention something else, which is awesome. Um, I got this in October of last year. This is when Haywire was just going crazy in my life. Everything was changing. And I had to hold on to something. The Lord gave me this word. This is uh, Isaiah 48, 10, and 11. And a lot of you will be able to uh, relate to this. Hey, if you can give it to Amplify, Todd. Behold, I have refined you, not as silver. I have tried and chosen you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. I refrain, and I do not utterly destroy you. For why should I permit my name to be polluted and profane? which it would be if the Lord completely destroyed his chosen people. And when I would not give my glory to another by permitting the worshipers of idols to triumph over you. Sometimes we feel like God is just beating up on us. And he's not. He's testing us. He has chosen you. And that furnace of affliction is just bringing you to another level in him. He's not even doing it for you. He's doing it for himself. Even though he can destroy you, he says, I refrain from it. Because how many times do we turn our back and say, God, this ain't worth it. This ain't worth it, man. I could be doing something else with my life. But it's for his glory. Because when people see that change in your life, God has a grip on Satan. We think Satan is running wild. We allow him to run wild. He would not give his glory to another. This ain't, this, <laughs> people are telling you are doing the wrong thing. If God did not step in, they would be right. They would get the glory. Because they would say, I told you so. And God has said, I called you to a high level in me. I've chosen you. That's all I had was that word, y'all. Everything was coming down in my life. I just thank him. Because what you see now, you can see light at the end of the tunnel. You can see what he's really doing to your comprehension. 
because we can't even fathom what he's really trying to do. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard. But I'm thankful to be chosen. I'm humbled to be chosen. All right, let's move on. I have on here, just hold on. <laughs> Who wants to let go sometimes? <laughs> Goodness, man. This process is not easy. You want to turn your back on everything. You want to turn your back on God, the people around you, and the world. You, you just want to be in your own, little, your own little shelter. You don't want to be around nobody. <laughs> but Jesus said to him, no one, have, no one having put his hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. How many times have we let go of that plow? In certain areas of your life. We've, we've, yeah, just digress completely. Um, what I believe this is saying here, no one have put his hand to the plow and looking bad is fit for the kingdom. For the, in that area, wherever God has asked you to put your hand to the plow for that time in your life. So whether it's a mate, whether it's finances, and you keep turning your back, you're not fit for God to manifest his kingdom power in your life in those moments, right then and there. And he's got to take you through the same test over, just so you can hold on to the plow, to have faith in him. But that's not saying forever. I don't believe it's saying forever. I believe it's saying for that particular moment in your life, right then. Because God is merciful. God, you can even say he called a little sometimes, because we're babies. He's looking at his children, like, oh, all right, let's take them through this again. (laughs) They'll get it right one day. It's not over for us. Somebody may be feeling like it's over. I can't go anywhere else. That's a lie. Got a lot of life to live. I say just hold on. All right, let's go. I'm going to go to six, Todd. I have raising up the next generation's generals. Who wants to be in God's army leading this battle? We got to get in the place to where we can grow, to where we can be developed by God. All right, can you give me uh, 2 Timothy 2? Two? 2 through 4. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life. Excuse me. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We get born again, you just got enlisted in God's army. That's why life don't sometimes seem as good. <laughs> oh, I got to get up at 5 a.m. and do PT. That's worshiping God. Um, but it says no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of his life. You have to be focused when it comes to God. He's raising us up. We have so much revelation in this building. I was talking to Gene. I was saying, it's funny how I had to go all the way back to the very, one of the very first teachings I got here and put that word to the test. I could have did that months ago. I could have did that years ago. I wasn't there, spiritually there. I didn't have trust in God like that. So as I stayed in here, kept my hands to the plow, he was building something in me for that moment to blow my head off. Because that's what happened that night. My mind was completely 
blown. God showed up in a way I've never had before. I got about 30 witnesses that night. You see here it says, uh, he must endure hardship. That frighten anybody? It says maybe a struggle. Can you hit me with uh, Romans 8.18? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We hang on to this plow. We hold on to this world, word. Um, and there's going to be a glory revealed in us. And that is the leaders of this body of Christ coming forth, coming together, going forth in this charge to take this war by force. Because right now it's in the hands of the enemy. But you have to be willing, man, to truly walk in what God has called you in. Have unwavering faith that God has spoken to you about who you are and whose you are and moving that. God will reveal things about yourself that he won't reveal to anybody else. So he can work on it with you. He can keep you from leaning on man. He says he's Lord over all flesh. You may be struggling with an area in your life that's fleshly. And he's like, Lord, I'm crying out. I'm crying out. I need you to help me in this area. But he's allowing you to come to your very end, very end, very end. So that you won't turn back. We turn back all the time because we don't know what's ahead of us. And we say, well, I remember how that felt. That felt good. I can go right back to that. And we'll never experience, if we don't break it, the fullness of God's joy in that area. Romans 8, 19 says, for the, ex- for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. That's these folks right here that have been through it and allowed God to transform them from the inside out and have every area flourishing in their life. That is a general of God. Because when he speaks, things happen. Don't generals speak and things happen? All right, we're going to go to Germany. We're going to go to Korea. People move. That's what that God does. All right, you need healing? Bang. You need an answer from God? I've seen it happen in here. And I've experienced it for myself. So creation is waiting for us to step up and be seen. I want to talk about perspective, and then I'll be done. We can be put in a cycle our entire life, over and over and over again, and we're capped in a perspective that we can't break out of. I'll never be able to get out of this financial situation. My dad had this life, my mom, her mom, grandparents, all this and that. And you can't break past that perspective. You can't see past what God is doing in your life. You can't see what he wants to do in your life because you feel like you'll always be there. Um, We have to get so deep in God's word that our perspective is no longer ours. His perspective is our perspective. That is a high place. There's a song that plays talking about um, the dragons flying around, but God is taking his people to a higher place to where they can see the encamping of the enemy and know what he's doing and stop him before it happens. That's perspective. That's wisdom. Seeing things from God's perspective. That's godly wisdom. And that's what we desire. Because how many of us would really want to know every answer to every area of our life? Am I really supposed to take this job? Am I really supposed to marry this person? Am I really supposed to do this? Am I really supposed to do that? How many times? 
And then we wait, you know, we pursue God a little bit, but nothing changes. And then we say, okay, this thing, I'm going to try to figure it out. But it says, I think it's in James, uh, who lacks wisdom. Let him ask of the given God. And he will give it to him with li- liberally and without reproach. And then it says that once he asks, he cannot doubt. God already gave it. And if you doubt, you've canceled out the wisdom. So all we got to do is ask for our perspectives to be changed. Our circumstances, they're not real. They say the things that are seen are, are, are not real and the things that are unseen are what is real. And I'll tell you another thing the Lord kind of taught me about that. We want to get in a place. You know, we get born again, we're going to heaven. But our soul is all jacked. We don't got the word in it. The word says uh, heaven and earth will fade away, will pass away. But the only thing that will remain is the word. The word has to be here. So do you want to fade away with heaven and earth? Or do you want to remain forever? Spirit already has the word. It's connected to God. It's written on your heart. But this is who you are right here. It's your personality. It's who you are as a person. And God wants to get you to a place of a high perspective and move you in a column in his army. You can say his army. You can say his, his movement, whatever you want to move. But a place where you can be effective as a leader. This process is necessary. It may not be fun a lot. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. We go out and we minister to the churches. That's a whole bunch of fun. That's a part of the process, folks. And um, what I really see is God moving, not only me personally, but this ministry in a place of a higher perspective. Yesterday, the Lord shook it up. You know, I was brought into a, in my, he's been building this up. Um, a place where you can have, once that clog was lifted, you can hear from God. And when you can hear from God, you can operate in whatever God has called you to operate in. And uh, the Lord has been revealing that this thing can happen overnight. That's what happened to me. Overnight. The scrolls of my life, destiny, was unlocked overnight. And my life was changed forever. All you have to do is just receive now. And accept what his will is in your life. Not work what his will is in your life. Because sometimes we want to get to work in it. But God is doing a major work here because what you see is he's bringing his people together now. He's bringing his family. He's bringing his soldiers. And those folks that stay in and don't move, he will build you up. He will give you the strength. He will do everything he needs to do to get you to the place where you can be an effective leader in whatever area he's called you to be an effective leader. Everybody doesn't have to go on the front lines. You have the infantry in the army. And then you also have your clerks that don't see any war. You know, so allow God to change, mold and shape you through this process and don't abort it. We want to abort it sometimes. It hurts that bad because our soul is not renewed to the word of God. There's no pain in the word of God. There's only love, joy, peace, happiness, the fruits of the spirit. And if we can get to a place where we'll accept the call, whatever God has asked us to do. We can go forth and move mightily and not just areas in our life, but other people's life. That's all I got because the Lord is good. And I just want to say, man, uh, I praise the Lord because it's evident. You know, you've really been changed when you can see that you've been changed because people see it before you see it. But I, I see that I've been changed. My mind is different. I think different. And God wants to do that for everybody. He does. So. Um, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to speak and bring forth the Lord's word. And I thank everybody.
Chris. For being here. What, 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 what kind of advice would you give somebody? Oh, like, in on, this process? what you went through, yeah. Okay. Um, I would really separate. I would uh, separate, any, separate yourself from anything contrary to the word of God. Um, what I did was when I started this process, I cut out music, television, that spoke opposite of what I was trying to be. Um, and that allowed my mind to be cleared and not have these influences infiltrating, trying to have, you know, won't allow you to progress. Think about it, if you get rid of the influences, you can jump on the highway and there's no traffic. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's, what I would, that's what I would suggest. I also would suggest that uh, you surround yourself with people who are in the same track as you. Mindset in the word of God. Because there's positivity in the world, but it's flawed because God is not reigning there. You know what I mean? So you can only advance so far, and then you're wondering, why can I go any further? So get around people who have the same mind set in the word of being, you know, whatever God has called you to be. And just hang on, man, because truly, I used to think it was only me and this entire ministry going through it. And then that, what Todd <laughs> talked about, when he went and talked to Gene, Todd was, he might have said one word, then he started crying. I said, all right, Todd going through it too. And it, 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 <laughs> hey, it encourages you. <laughs> it does encourage you because sometimes when you think you're in it, you're alone, condemnation comes and says you're not getting it right. Nobody else is feeling it, and you're just way off track. But everybody, you know, we all go through it. It may not be the same area, but uh, we can really connect. We can really build each other up. And that's what this place is for. It's a safe haven. Amen. So. Amen. Any more questions or should I elaborate on anything? Or? Yeah, the Lord gave that to me the last couple of days. And I started off wanting to talk about uh, sin because condemnation is something that can jump on you. But you're not in sin anymore when you come into Christ. And I was going to talk about how we're not in sin anymore. And he's like, nah, let's talk about this next generation coming forth because he's allowing me to go before. See, people are coming here, and I'll, I'll say this next generation, not my age, people that come in here like I came in here. And they'll experience things much faster because of my experiences. So he's allowing me to go forth now to experience it so some people don't got to experience it. And they can just use the testimony that was given to defeat the enemy in that area. So that's what I would do. Hallelujah. Should I turn it over to? Go ahead and close this in prayer. That's right. awesome. All right. Awesome. Give him some praise for his yeah. obedience. Thank you. All right. Lord, I just thank you. Father, I praise you. Holy Spirit, you are awesome. And I just want to just give you all the glory, Lord. I thank you for your words tonight. I thank you that you have brought people here to support not only me, but support what you are doing in my life, God. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you sent your son to heal us. I thank you that your word is sharp, God, and powerful. And I thank you that you can do anything and nothing is impossible for you, God. And we receive you, Lord, right now, every aspect of you, God. And I thank you, Lord, for I ask that when your word went forth today, it will not return void, and it will do what it was sent to do. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is abiding with each and every person, and that everyone will have a sweet rest and they have peace in their souls tonight. And give them exactly what you want them to have, Lord. Your will be done, not my will be done, Father. So we love you, we honor you, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs>